The person then made their way to the, the Great Synagogue in Copenhagen, and the four people were killed. Amanda Bomstick has helped combat some of the biggest anti-Semitic threats in recent years. Unfortunately, I was called on um, a few times to deal with some specific crises that happened within the Jewish communities in Europe. What crisis were they? How many people were killed? This all started when she was young. I did encounter a bit of anti-Semitism at school. She also gave her thoughts on the well-known recent anti-Semitic attack. Kanye West. Uh, Kanye yeah. West. Yeah. Yeah. Bring Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of what do you think of what he said? Hello, Amanda. You are an expert in crisis management. Uh, you went to university, I assume. What is the biggest threat you've had to deal with? Okay. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me on your podcast this morning. Thanks for um, uh, I actually didn't go to university. I went to the I University of Life. Um, I've done a lot of courses throughout my career, okay. but I haven't actually been to university. Um, I got involved in crisis management in the role of my job at CST. I'm the CST Northern Regional Director. And as part of that, I also um, am involved with an organisation called the EJC, European Jewish Congress. And several years ago, they brought together a few individuals from around Europe to help um, with managing uh, crisis or post-crisis incidents. Um, and unfortunately, I was called on um, a few times to deal with some specific crisis that happened within the Jewish communities in Europe. What crisis were they? Um, we named two before the podcast. The, the first one was um, in Belgium. Um, and that was in 2014, uh, and that was the attack at the museum. Um, Which museum? Uh, museum in Belgium, in the city centre. Yeah. And following that, there was there was four people that were murdered mm. there, and and I went immediately over to the community to offer support. Was it specifically a Jewish museum? It was the Jewish museum. Yes, it was mm. the Jewish museum, and the four people were killed. There was two Israelis, um, and a can't remember the nationalities <coughs> or the religion of the other two, but mm. yeah, it was a very tragic, tragic affair. And the big problem with that was that the people mm. that had perpetrated, uh, or the individual, uh, was was on the run. So the community mm. were obviously on extremely high alert uh, and working very closely with the police to try um, and lock down the community and keep them safe whilst the police went around their job to... Um, on the word, <laughs> but to catch the perpetrators, which they did eventually. But, they did. Uh, How long did it take? Um, it took a few days. Oh, wow. Um, so the yeah, whole few yeah, days the community yeah, were Yeah. So there was a lot of anxiety with the community. There was a lot of anxiety with the security mm. um, organisations. So myself and, and a couple of others from mm. the EJC volunteer group went over and, and helped them with their day-to-day um dealings with the community and keeping the security them calm, community. the security yeah. community, yeah, and helping keeping them calm and focused, because it's very hard when you're in um, in an, uh, an incident to actually see it from above, so that was the sort of key role to see things. How did you do that? Um, just observing them, um, assisting them at times when mm. you could see that they were under pressure, advising mm. them that they shouldn't move away from the situation, mm. um, offering other other amounts of advice around either security or just personal. Um, just love external advice, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Being, because you're from an external position. Yeah, yeah. It's just you can see things differently when yeah. you're not involved in it. Uh, and obviously, that was the sort of training that we'd done. Um, some really simple mm. things like telling people to stop and, and take breaks and eat, uh, insisting people go on rest time because if, God forbid, it happens to your community, you want to be there 24-7 to help. But actually, you know, that's not going to help because you'd be too tired. So 
So a lot of sort of things around there um, and also helping with the support of liaising if needed with any external organisations. Within the four days, because you've gripped me onto my seat now, with, were anyone else killed or was there no, just no, no one else was no. injured in this for this? Um, not within the community, no. Uh, so, so you I did think go. the person went on the run and there were some other mm. incidents. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. So. What was the other attack you were talking about before? The other attack was in Copenhagen and that was the year later. Um, you need it very well. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I do remember this day, unfortunately, because it was um, Valentine's night, the oh, really? February the 14th slash 15th, and the, the actual attack started on the 14th, and the initial attack took place at a free speech um, event um, of a person who had some particular views that others didn't didn't Were they in support of the free speech? Or? It wasn't so much free speech, mm. it was uh, they were outspoken um, about other communities and this person arrived at the event mm. and he shot somebody at the event oh, really? and then went on the run. When he went on the run, obviously there was no nobody knew where he was going and there was a big police um, um, operation to try and track the person down and sadly the person then made their way to the, the Great Synagogue in Copenhagen and there was a bat mitzvah taking place at the time and there were mm. security guards on, very similar to the security guards we have in Britain at the Community Security Trust. And a gentleman approached, um, wearing a hoodie, and unfortunately he, he shot and killed um, one of the CST equivalents in Copenhagen. How many people were killed? Um, just the one person was and killed and one. police officers were injured. Well, there was an, another person at the previous event, but um, at the community event, um, and then the community um, reacted very well and they they put the, they had a lot of teenagers in the synagogue because it was about mitzvah and they, they went into lockdown uh, and they kept the rest of the community So, so as the attacker was coming into the building? The attacker didn't get into the didn't building because he, he shot this person outside but and then ran not away. Get in? Well, he, he couldn't oh, he get didn't. in because of the way the system had gates and, and stuff oh, and they went into lockdown. Okay. Um, and they took everybody into a secure part, which is a sort of pre-rehearsed plans, unfortunately, yeah. that happens in, in communities. It's the most shocking thing to see in communities when yeah. instead of let, well, it's not, it's not like you can't you can't ever really stop all the attacks, but to actually teach children. You know, when I was in yeah. primary school, teaching us how to hide, how to run outside, and all those things, it's mm -hmm. terrible. Awful, and that's something we do sadly, literally on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. That's a very key part of what we do at CST. We spend a lot of time with the schools, with the children, teaching mm -hmm. them in a way that it's not as scary as it, you know, as it could be. Um, we spend a lot of time, literally, you know, per classroom, and helping the children understand and, and taking the fear away where, you know, where we can, and then. Obviously, we have to practice those things. And sadly, you know, seeing things firsthand, you realise how important it is to be prepared. Yeah. So I believe you run <coughs> the Manchester branch of CST, is that correct? I run the Northern... I'm the Northern Regional Director. Northern Regional Director. So I'm responsible for everywhere from Birmingham up to mm. Scotland and over to Northern Ireland, just a little small area okay. of, the, of the UK. Um, we look after anywhere across those areas um, that have a Jewish community. Some of them are a lot larger than others. Obviously, Manchester is the second largest Jewish community outside of London. Um, we have Leeds, we have Liverpool, we have Birmingham, we have Scotland, up to Aberdeen, going over to oh, Belfast. Wow. So, so very busy. And as part of that, we have a you know a fantastic team who are mostly based in the Manchester office, and we also have a small office in in Leeds. 
So uh, the team work out there, trying their best to keep. Uh, so you're in charge. Of, you're in charge of all those uh, places. Yes. How many other regional directors are there? What's so there's a north. So I'm in the north, and then we have a, a southern, uh, which is our two. head office. No. So the southern regions mm. are looked after, you know, down south by the London mm. office. Yeah. Um, which which is bigger, yours or the other? Because geographically, uh, or uh, no, geographically, yours <laughs> geographically, is. ours is a larger space. Yeah. Uh, different mm. amounts of uh, community, but. Um, and in, I mean, terms obviously London, the, in terms of Jewish people, in terms of Jewish people, obviously London is really all together. Yeah. All together, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Really? London has the uh, you know the, the lion's share of the, the Jews. Job, yes. in the, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the census has just come out. I haven't seen the, the full breakdown, but um, the community here is is you know it's quite considerable. It's bigger than I think we're twenty six thousand maybe now in um, in Manchester, and then there's just uh, pockets. Well, that's small. Yeah. The Jewish community. Yeah. You see, oh, really? Yeah. 26,000 people? I thought in, that'd be a Manchester. whole lot more. Just a Manchester. Yeah. Oh, wow. And across, I think there's 260 something thousand in this latest census that's just come out. Oh, really? I haven't studied it, so don't quote me on I it. Just, I just <laughs> saw an article on BBC talking uh, about from the census, not talking about Jews, but talking about Yeah, but it's yeah. worth, but it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing to look at because it shows it. you uh, yeah, the population mm. in this area. Or how we're changing. And yeah. how mm. we're changing. And it also shows me, for me, mm. it's very useful because it shows me where our customers are for want of it read a lot of these things for um yeah it's always Mm. interesting because to find out that there are still you know jews in areas that we maybe didn't know about um you know we look after places like hull and grimsby where you think there's no community but there are still you know it might be 10 or 20 or 30 people but they're still important yeah how did so what you do now is uh, you run like a quite big branch of the cst Mm. which is helping uh, people with security and uh, jewish people how did you even get into this how did you start how did I start? Good question. It was a long time ago. Uh, don't ask me how long, because that's rude. Um, but I went to my primary school, I went to Jewish Day School. Uh, Manchester. Uh, yeah, 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 in Manchester. And then after that, I went to the local comprehensive school, which was actually an all-girls school. Um, and I probably first encountered... Uh, a bit of anti-Semitism. How did you transition from one school to another? Because they're very came, different. I know. Well, I literally came out of my door and turned right in Jewish Day School and turned left, and the, it was the it was the nearest school. Oh, and it was just close. It was, it was just close, and that's kind of what you did in those days. My yeah. my parents weren't interested in me going to King David, and yeah, it was limited. So, um, and that there was you know quite a few Jewish. Were you openly Jewish? Yes. Oh, yeah. and then people yeah, like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and I did encounter a bit of anti-Semitism at school. Mm. Um, kind of brushed it off. I was a little bit. What of sort a, of stuff? People would like, bring you a bacon sandwich for breakfast. Oh, okay, just to like, just to try and antagonise you, and 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 I was a you know a little bit feisty in those yeah. days. So <laughs> we shan't go into that. Trying to few fights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't possibly comment. Um, and for legal matters, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer across the yeah. bottom of the screen. But, um, and I kind of realised that there was, you know, people that thought we were different. Yeah. And then one day somebody came to school who'd actually come from Australia and they came along and they mm. said, oh, I believe you're, you know, you're Jewish. Yeah. My mum's told me to ask you where your horns are. And I said, what? And this was a thing. She was absolutely convinced that Jewish people had horns. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't really even know about that or... And then I sort of looked into a little bit, mm. grew up a little bit, had a few more little altercations at school. Mm. Um, I lived abroad for a while, I went to Israel. When I came back, I was just very interested in, started to get interested in sort of anti-Semitism, 
but more about was keeping the community. Was that because of what happened? Well, I, I think so, and also just reading more and, and hearing things. Yeah. And then I became aware of um, a security group within the community that were looking after, you know, mostly events and, and the um, shorts. Was this straight away after high school? Uh, no, yeah. this was a bit later because I went to live in Israel for a couple of years. Oh, okay. So, um, I was probably at 18, 19. I'm just going to quickly interrupt to remind you to subscribe to our channel to see more content like this. Anyway, back to the video. I was going to ask for an age, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I... Yeah, and then I, um, I got involved in what was then... I think we were called the CSO or the... All different names. Yeah. And we were a very small group of people who, who you know, came together, yeah. we trained, we learned, and we, we looked after the community events yeah. and, and slowly... CST evolved um, across the country. Same thing was sort of happening in London. It was developing. And then I think in 2004, I'm never mm -hmm. very good at my dates, um, we became a charitable uh, organisation. Okay. Um, and CST as it is now. Or, um, so at that point, were you, what, what stage were you in? So I, wasn't, I was only a volunteer then. So I was volunteering. Um, I was having my family, so I was sort of dipping in and out. And then... In two, I say I'm giving away my age. It's <laughs> <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> uh, in about two, 2000, I joined CST and the professional staff. And originally, mm. I joined sort of generally doing all sorts of a small team. You know, everybody was sort of mucking in with different things. And then I became the head of security. Um, and I did that for several years until I took over the role of the Northern Regional Director. So when, when it uh, became a charitable trust in 2004, if I'm correct, um, how how big was it then compared to how big it is um, now? I don't remember the amount of staff, mm. but I would probably say there was probably 30-ish, mm. and now we're just short of 100. Oh, well, so it's really so we, tripled in we, Yeah, we, we've grown, and I'd say the lot of growth in the last sort of five to mm. seven years as well. It's also, um, is it mainly volunteers also growth? Um, so that, that's professional staff, and then there are um, mm. just under 2,000 volunteers across the country oh, wow. that support uh, the work and do the most incredible roles of actually being out there and securing the events and, and helping at synagogues and... Do that, so how, how does that work? They, they just, they help around and if there's anything they need to tell the community, they'll just help out. Yeah, we have um, a, a, obviously a list um, and we work off teams and we have people that we call upon when there are specific events. It's all very well yeah. organised. And, I hope and, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just like, uh, and everybody's rotated oh, yes. and uh, everybody gives different levels of support uh, and it's open to lots of people to, to be involved. It's not just, you know, specific people. People think, oh, it's, you know, it'll be young men of a certain age. It's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, um, you know, we're open to anybody from sort of 18 to 65. Security mm. isn't always about being super physical. Um, obviously, you have to be able mm. to to deal with it, but a lot of security is you know is is, is up here. It's using well, it's your, your analyzing the it's analyzing analysing. situation, reading reading a picture, mm -hmm. um, spotting something before it happens, and yeah. then hopefully in that case you don't have to ever get to a sort of physical point. Um, so. So as the re the well, let, let me remember this the Northern Regional Manager of CST is that correct? Northern, Northern Regional, Regional Director. 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 Even I remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> almost it was almost. Uh, what does a day to day look like uh, in your um, job? Um, no two days are the same. <clears throat> Sorry, I do have a bit of a sore throat. Um, some days I could turn up and do a podcast. <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine that doing that work <laughs> <laughs> uh, during work hours. Um, 
honestly every day is different i mean we try to have some structure in certain meetings that we need to do we, you know we diarize and we try and have to try and focus um but my day-to-day -day could be you know a senior management meeting with my colleagues in london um i could then have um you know one-to-ones with staff we could be dealing with a particular incident that's taken place. How often do you have such mm. incidents? Um, incidents, unfortunately, I won't say every mm. day, but, you know... No, almost daily. Yeah, so, you know, several a week. Mm. Um, but that could involve something really um, minor or it could be something a lot, a lot you know, more complicated. Yeah. So anything from somebody receiving an anti-Semitic letter in the post... Um, oh, really? And then, and then the work that has to go into that, mm -hmm. obviously dealing with the police, seeing why that person's uh, received that letter, and, and looking into it. It could be somebody walking home from shul on a Shabbat morning that's phoned up after Shabbos and said, you know, car mm. registration X Y Z yeah. has thrown an egg at me or, or shouted abuse, and and we, you know, we work with every different type of incident. Yeah. Um, and then the day continues. <laughs> Who knows what will happen. Yeah. Um, and managing the team, obviously. So yeah, what sort of things could happen if... I mean, if I received a letter in the post and you found the person, what, like, um, what could you realistically well, do? Well, realistically, what happens is any incidents that come into us, yeah. we um, ask people to um, report it to the police. It's very important that all incidents are reported okay. to the police. And then we will work with the police. Something like a letter, there's not that much that we would do on the forensic side. Obviously, that's down to the police. But it could be that somebody might have posted something on social media. It could or, be that... Would the police yeah. actually analyse the forensics of the letter? Sometimes they will, yeah. Really? If they They're feel it's felt, important. No. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you've received a letter that's saying, you know, death to Jews and something... Kanye West said. Oh, yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. bring Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think of, what do you think of what he said? Uh... No comment. Legal matters, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Everything. I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous, yeah. um, and it's that real dilemma between you know fame and um, being allowed to get get away with saying it, and people sort of battling with, you know, is that, you know, you should mm. take the art away from his, and and you can't, you can't separate. For me, you can't separate the two. Didn't like his music that much anyway. So, <laughs> so you say, oh, so, oh, as a singer, his art is connected to who he is. Can I, can I get a tissue? Yeah, so, sure. Um, um, so as a singer, his art is connected to who he is. Well, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Sorry, thank you. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I think you can't... I mean, some people mm. will say that, you know, he may have mental health issues, and mm. but that doesn't, you know, excuse it. No, totally Do you right, think yeah. he has the free speech to say it, though? Well... Always he has there. a very big platform, doesn't yeah. he? So uh, he gets away with it. And But I think some of the big corporations have come down hard on him, and I think that's absolutely yeah. right, and they should do. Um, and I think free speech is fantastic, mm. but there are limits. And, you know, we live in a democratic society, and we have a law, and some things are just not, not acceptable. Did you see, like, a rise in... Uh, anti-Semitism since he said that um, I'm not sure we saw a specific spike with him I mean that is a mm. very common thing that when something happens in the wider world that we see spikes on you know on our doorstep you don't have the data yet data yet. I thought you only get it around once a year we know we, we have our data daily really yeah. but we only publish it we publish twice a year Oh, so okay. we publish our annual. Um, uh, do you? Are you publish? Uh, is there not other people that publish as well? We um, we, we publish ours, yeah. and we work alongside with the police to make sure that we're we're publishing the same mm. or similar dates uh, data. But obviously, we analyse our stuff daily. 
So when we can see mm. trends and patterns, yes. and then if we see something, we know we can react to it. So we don't wait yeah. to collate it. Um, we literally can, you know, that's very important. So there's any we, specific trends or so spikes we see trends with the cannula stuff? Um, not, not massively, mm. no, not that I'm aware okay. of, but we do things more like if there's a terrorist attack or if there's mm. um, unrest in Israel, um, mm -hmm. and we saw that um, last year or in the, in the year last May, um, when there was the uprising in the Intifada in Israel, with uh, between, and we saw a massive spike in incidents in Israel or in, in the UK, in, in the UK. And the UK as well. The, yeah, the UK Jewish community. We had more in the month that, of yeah. May than in you know, we call it the month of hate mm. than we had the whole year. I remember um, seeing those cars, uh, the video of those cars driving this down the streets yeah, of London, yeah, saying kill had, all the Jews. Yeah. yeah, and we had very similar incidents here in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard about them. I don't really. Yeah. No. Didn't really affect me. So, what's the biggest uh, anti? What's the biggest threat on the Jews at the moment in Manchester? Um, well, the Jews, the biggest. That's not the biggest threat. The threat is always from um, terrorism. I mean, anti-Semitism is obviously a, is a threat, and it's very um, unsettling and and not nice to be experiencing. But terrorism is obviously at the forefront of our minds at all times. We saw the horrific attack at the Manchester Arena. Um, mm -hmm. And that just, you know, what we see is when there are attacks and the similarities, especially where we saw in Copenhagen, in Belgium, in France, um, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> in India, often attacks happen not specifically originally to the Jewish community. Mm. They have, uh, they may have two or three multiple targets, but one of them may, will be directed at our community. So we are constantly, you know, every time there is um, something in this country, we have to be ready to think that potentially that our community. How will be do next. you spot them? How do you deal with early prevention? So if you spot like someone doing something dodgy <coughs> online and uh, um, so we 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 do that, you know preventative security is a is a very big thing and that's that's our visual security. So when you see our CST mm. volunteers and and staff who are out there, um, they're constantly looking for something that doesn't doesn't fit right. And that's what they're trained for early, you know, early prevention. And the same, we work along with the the schools um, and the shuls and the shops, asking people to see, as soon as they see something that doesn't look right, gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, they should call it in, call it into. Yeah, it's just it a gut feeling. Please, if you come into your work in the morning, and every mm -hmm. morning there's always, you know, through the same cars, and suddenly you see a guy sitting in a car you know it's a bit slouch mm -hmm. his hood up and you think oh, it could be he, nothing it could be nothing but he, he doesn't mm -hmm. normally he's not normally here chances are he's nothing but okay. you, you would then think well i'm going to keep an eye on this person and if after a while they've not moved or you're you're concerned that's something that you should you know consider as not normal for your environment so you would you know potentially well, it'll be worth calling yeah, in for something like that calling into the police it could be a potential somebody who's going to burgle yeah. somebody who's going to mug or it could be somebody who's just sitting in the car wanting to have oh, okay. a sleep but if you feel it's not right for your environment, then yeah. normally you'd be the best judge of that. And it's the same if you're standing on a door um, at Shawl, you, you know your customers, you know who comes in, you know. And if somebody comes up mm. that doesn't normally come to your <coughs> Shawl, you know that's not right. It doesn't mean that they're bad, you just know that it's not. So you would, you know, you'd interrogate, not interrogate, that's a terrible word. <laughs> you'd have a conversation <laughs> with them. Yeah, that was a Why are you here? You would have a, <laughs> tell you would me, have tell a, me now. You would have a professional conversation <clears throat> with them, knowing yeah. the right questions to ask to, to establish <laughs> that they're here for a bar mitzvah or whatever it is, yeah. you'll find out. So, um, 
so that's the sort of thing. It's interesting that's looking into at each, that level. It's yeah. interesting looking at each different thing and what you will do because a lot of people know CST, uh, know that uh, community security trust that, that you're here to protect the Jewish mm-hmm. community. Most people don't know how you do or what you do. So it's like you said in each different situation, this is what you do <coughs> on those attacks. You wouldn't then give them an external point of view and you give them practical advice. When they're allowed to get the, go through the door, you collaborate with the police and you share information. And you, It's just interesting. What would you do if something was, let's say, online hate? Because we both know there's a right massive yeah. rise yeah. in anti- online hate. Yeah. What, so what on do you do? On the, online, online hate is a very large percentage of... And um, it's growing, yeah. And it and it grew, and it's, and it's growing. growing, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's you know once that door has been opened on the internet, there's no closing yeah. it, and it just grows and grows. And we we spend a lot of time working um, on that, researching it. We have a team of researchers, um, and we do we do look at things. If we see something that we feel is is concerning, of course, we go straight to the police mm-hmm. with it. Uh, and we work closely <coughs> with them um, on that kind of. So you're more of an analytics. You don't. Know. So, Is yeah. it, do you do anything physically, or you get anything done? Or it's more just giving, uh, analysing it for the police. Um, if you go onto our website, <laughs> you will see there are a few cases where we have worked alongside the police when we've picked up information and we've, you know, we've packaged that information up. We've delivered to the police. We've worked with the police, and then they have brought the individuals. To uh, account. So if someone complains directly to you, you can help them. Yes. You can go if to the police. If somebody something that, um, and they think it's wrong, absolutely report it. Mm. It's something very much that we would. And sometimes it's worth reporting to CST because uh, you'll take your work with the police, yes, and I'm sure you get priority. I'm not sure we'll get priority, but we we have you know we have a very good working relationship, and they they know we come from a professional standpoint. So yeah. if we're we're bringing something to them, they know that we feel it's important. And what do you analyse, and what do you use this? Because you said most of the work you do isn't actually doing; but it's more analysing online. Well, no, on some some yeah. I mean, we do various levels of you know of work. There's the physical, there's the analytics. So we look at and the research. So. It, Everything's out there on the web, you know, you, you guys work in social media. So it could be, I mean, obviously Kanye West is not necessarily British or whatever, but if somebody else has tweeted something or something comes to our attention, um, we will then... We can look into that. It's all it's all open source information. Yeah. It's out there. Um, some people are better looking at, at, at than others. And obviously, mm. we you know, that's something we pride ourselves on, being able to find things um, that, are, that are out there. And then we can look into somebody. So if, you know, you tweeted, I, I don't like tomatoes. And we, and we were looking for people who don't like tomatoes. <laughs> and then we start looking into you and we find actually there's, you know, actually he doesn't, not only doesn't like tomatoes, he also doesn't like, like apples. He doesn't like apples oh, no, as well. That's weird, so, yeah, like so, you know, <laughs> you we, we can sort of put a package together. <laughs> this and, is actually and, me though. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done my, we did our research. research. <laughs> but, um, but often what you find is that on a serious note is that people who start oh. off with one ideology somewhere in, in the yeah. monster. You see, you see it, trends between different people. And yeah, them. and you see there's always, unfortunately, if somebody uh, has a, you know, has hatred in them and they don't like things, mm. somewhere on that list there will be the Jewish community. You know, we might be number one, we mm. might be number ten, we might, num- you know, but most people and most mm. cases that have subsequently been um, dealt mm. with with the police and the courts, even if it wasn't an initial 
attack mm. on the Jewish people, if you delve into it, you will find that their ideology mm. was that, you know, they're either Nazi sympathisers or, or whatever, but there's somewhere in there that we figure. How do, you how do you differentiate between an, an attack just being a terrorist attack, an attack being an anti-Semitic attack, because sometimes they'll attack a few people, one of them happens to be Jewish, sometimes they'll... Luckily, but, that's the job of the police to, uh, to, differentiate, <laughs> to, to differentiate, but we would, you know, we're very keen that, you know, things are called what they are, and I think the government and the police have sort of moved on in it's that. It's the job of the police to decide what causes that. Well, safe land, yeah, I mean, we can identify... If it, terrorist attack is different, but if you're, just, if you're talking about an anti-Semitic attack, so if you're a victim and you go to the police then and you report it, then it is categorised as an anti-Semitic attack, no question. Um, it's what you believe it to be. Um, we, we can be a little bit tougher on our, our levels because if you came to me and said somebody um, threw an egg at me, uh, we'd say, you know, do you think why why do you think that's anti-Semitic? So we'd sort of, but if you went to the police and said to the police, uh, I'm Jewish and somebody threw an egg at me, it was anti-Semitic. Then there's, there's no question because that's what you believe it to be. Um, so it's, so I put it's it the, down to what I believe it to be. It, I can see where that's opening a lot of doors yeah. for trouble. Well, not really, but it's just you know you're the victim. And you know that's how you've perceived it to be. So they will doesn't necessarily mean it will get prosecuted as that. But that's oh, okay. Just be, just to yeah. to kept, be kept down on those records, not for anything legal, or, um, unless it's for the yeah. court case. But yeah. for, okay, sure it's not anything be. definite. Well, so, it's yeah, it's 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 registered as anti-Semitic incident, and it probably was, and it probably is, and we would probably come to the same conclusion. But we're a little bit like you know, did somebody say anything um, derogatory about being Jewish? Were you dressed in a particular way? Were you a, you know, mm-hmm. were you look Dress visibly Jewish, um, so you don't have to be dressed visibly Jewish to receive. Do you know the numbers of how many anti-Semitic cases are reported? I told you I'm not good at numbers, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, over the years, thousands and thousands. Um, we are on on average over a hundred a month. Um, we do hundred of anti-Semitic uh, incidents, yeah. oh, so and they can vary. We have different. Yeah, that, that's across. Yeah, you know, that's across the country. Um, but on average, it's are, they made, are they mainly just petty, like you know, letters? All, di- all different. Wouldn't call it petty, uh, but less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are lower level incidents, lower a level lot of things, um, and then there are some more violent incidents. Um, and and again, something that could be to you, if somebody walks past you and calls you a you know beeping Jew, you just go. Uh, yes, yeah, that's yeah, normal. Yeah. We get, we get that every, you, day. Well, not yeah. every day. Not every day, but, but every, so every, every show, every week or two. It's really. Yeah, and it's, and it's, yeah. it's not nice. Yeah. But but you might just go oh, and, and mm-hmm. brush it off, which is the wrong thing to do. But but if that's um, you know an eight-year-old man mm-hmm. or woman who's walking down the street who could have been a Holocaust survivor or his family was involved and somebody says that to them, the impact is so much bigger for them than it would be potentially for you which is why it's so important that everything is reported because if the person who's calling you and you're not bothered doesn't get reported and then goes on and does it to somebody else who is bothered or then goes on to embolden themselves thinking well that didn't bother him so next time I'm going to throw something at him um you know we all have to look out for each other and Probably so all these incidents like that. that you're talking about, but you've never reported so one what, of them. So what yeah. do we do the next time it happens? Do I pick up the phone yeah. to the CST? Yeah. CST or the police, especially if it's a, a vehicle with a registration number. But, but will they, will they, uh, man, the pun hassle me, uh, because that's my surname, hassle, hassle, <laughs> hassle. hassle. It's not called hassling, it's calling dealing with an incident. No, but I'm saying, will they like hassle me, take me to the station and everything or... Yeah, I hope not. Unless you've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just no, simple, let's then? not talk so about you just call up. You call, like, yeah, listen. 
Yeah, because I and think I, I think a lot of people don't call because they don't want to be yeah. hassled on with all like for hours on, on yeah. long. Yeah, but yeah. It, but if you stop and think about that, if you don't do that, then somebody else is going to end up, you know, not hassled but potentially hurt. So few minutes yes your phone up it takes a few minutes on the phone oh, so it's just you, a few minutes on the phone it's not about going down you can phone us up mm. you can phone us and then we'll ask you to phone the police or we'll help you with that you'll make a report and then you'll get some follow-up either phone calls or a visit depends on what the incident is but if it's not um registered the police can't understand how many incidents are out there and how the community need their mm. support because as much as CST is out there, we can't, you know, mm. we work alongside the police. The police are the law enforcers, not CST. And if we can't give them a true picture, so, you know, if you, between you, you've probably had 30, 40, 50 incidents that the police don't know about. Yeah, They're not definitely. getting the true picture, so they can't then allocate the right amount of resources to it. So if they think there's only five incidents in Salford in a month um, versus 50 incidents somewhere else, they're going to put the 50... Oh, OK. But if they suddenly find out, or it's, you know, that there's actually 50 incidents, then they know where to put their resources. So it's not really about that specific anti-Semitic. It's about it all of them. Both. It's both. It's because both. if yeah. you didn't like, like Amanda um, said, if you didn't stop it there, then that person could be bolder and do more and do do worse every single time that they yeah, don't. No one stops them. Absolutely, and you and, and often what you find on both sides that the perpetrator it's not the first time they've done it, and the victim when they come to us it's not the first time they've been a victim. Hmm. So. After 10 times, you'll suddenly think, well, I've had enough. I'm actually going to do something about it. It's often the case when somebody reports, it's not, um, you know, the first time it's happened. And then when we, you know, if I go and do a talk and I sit in a room and I say, put your hands up if you've ever had an incident, and people put their hands up. And then I go, put your hands up if you've ever reported the incident. And 70, 80% of the people will put, will, will put their hands down. And that's, you know... That's, that's also not mm-hmm. fair on your fellow community yeah. because you know that allows the perpetrators to carry on and think it's okay and it's it's not okay. Wow, so that, that, that's quite interesting. Um, I'm just wondering, do you operate or CST operate on a political level? Or is it- um, we have, um, not necessarily in the north, although and we have a national um, part of our organisation that definitely deals on the political, not, not in politics, but we deal with the politicians. We're, we're apolitical, absolutely. But we do a lot of work with police and government, um, and that's really important. Um, it's really important that we put over to government um, all our concerns about the community, and we're very lucky that we were able to to work with sort of senior politicians and and put over you know what we need to. Hence the support for the government grant. Um, Thirteen million pounds, yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, 40. I said I wasn't good at numbers. Fourteen million pounds, which is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and sounds like a you know humongous amount of money, and it, and it is, and we're absolutely grateful for it. But if you consider the size of the community and how many schools and schools and um, how many people do you turn away every year? Um, we don't turn people away. We we make assessments and we have to you know we have to. How many people do, 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 do fail the assessments? Well, it's not done like that. It's uh, it's working along with the government. We have to look at this criteria that pe- that not people, it's huh. organisations or buildings, um, fall into, and then they get, and then they will get allocated. Uh, funds do, you, do you ever go through the year and give enough funds? They give so much funds to some people that you don't have enough to give to the rest of the people. Um, that need it. No, we're, well, 
what we do is we allocate the funds at the beginning of the year and everybody's told how much they have to spend. And what we find throughout the year is sometimes people actually don't spend all their money. So when there's, so we'll reassess it and then we'll Halfway start giving, through, out, yeah, yeah. giving out more. Um, it's not our funds, it's the government's, the community's funds. Uh, but CST um, administers the, the fund on their behalf. And gives that out, yeah. And, yeah, but it's all um, government-led, it's not CST-led. So. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's a, on the guarding side of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- I think we should end it there. Well, th- thanks so Thank much for so coming on, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed watching that video, click here to subscribe or click here to watch more of our videos.